It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to a new week of uh, the Tom Sumner Program. Um, let's see, what do we have coming up today? we got a great show in store today coming up in the third half of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. We're going to be talking with um, Gabby Salazar, who has uh, put together a collection for National Geographic called No Boundaries. Um, let's see if I get the full the full title here. Um, 25 Women Explorers and Scientists Share Adventures, Inspiration, and Advice. And she co-authored the book with Claire Fiesler. And um, they're both National Geographic Explorers, but Gabby will be joining me uh, later in the show to talk about that new book, No Boundaries. Um, Before that, in the second hour of our three-hour tour, um, she's returning to the show. Um, She was on right after her book, uh, Shortlisted, came out. Uh, Of course, I'm talking about um, the author of that, Renee Kanaki Jefferson. Um, she co-wrote that book with uh, Hannah Brenner Johnson, and one or both of them was on the show when the book first came out. It's uh, called Shortlisted, Women in the Shadows of the Supreme Court, and we're going to be talking about Biden's uh, uh, upcoming uh, pick for um, the Supreme Court to replace uh, Justice Stephen Breyer, who has announced he's stepping down. The president uh, has promised to pick an African-American female to be justice of the Supreme Court. A number of people from both sides of the aisle have weighed in, thinking that's a a really good idea. And we're going to talk about the implications of that and, and a lot more about the Supreme Court and the short list. Who gets on the short list? Why do they get on the short list? This is not the first time an African American woman was on the short list, and we'll talk about that and more with Renee Kanake Jefferson. And again, that's coming up in the in the second half of our three hour tour. We're gonna open up in just about three and a half minutes with uh, Eva Chen. Um, she is the author of uh, a new book called I Am Golden. It's a, a a book for children, but it's um it's something that that maybe their parents will enjoy sharing with their kids and and can pick some things up from. 
as well. It's um, a picture book, um, and, and it's an ode to the immigrant experience as well as a manifesto of self-love for Chinese-American children, but I think all kids could enjoy this. So I'll be talking with Eva Chen. She is the author and, and a best-selling author at that, and uh, the illustrator is uh, Sophie Diao. And uh, we'll talk with uh, Eva coming up in oh, about two and a half minutes now. Um, I do want to mention that coming up this Friday, we got a lot of cool stuff on Friday. I think uh, we're going to be talking with Hugh Thompson from the, the new um, Reacher series uh, based on the character Jack Reacher created by author Lee Childs. And uh, Amazon has just launched, uh, I think this past Friday, a new series. I think there's eight episodes. And Hugh Thompson uh, plays a detective uh, in, the, in the series and um, an important character. Um, and, and we're going to talk with him on Friday. But we're going to have a little bit of Super Bowl pregame show with the return of... Um, Stevie Ray Sean, no, Sean Cantwell, uh, who used to do news for us on the show and was uh, a regular contributor. He um, pulled away and started his own uh, online radio uh, presence uh, based in Lapeer called Solid State Radio. He's uh, also the, the creator, producer, and host of a show... Uh, called Armchair Athletes, and um, because we lost Tom Skinner, who was my go-to guy for the, uh, for anything Super Bowl, I uh, asked Sean if he'd, uh, if he'd come back for a, a cameo on the show to talk about the Super Bowl, and we got a little Super Bowl contest, and we'll have a preview of some of the ads that you'll hear. That's Friday morning in the first hour of our three-hour tour, 9 o'clock a.m. live uh, Eastern um, coming up Friday. The uh, Super Bowl pregame with uh, Sean Cantwell and yours truly. So I hope you'll you'll join us for that. we got a lot of other fun stuff coming up. Uh, Wednesday, of course, Armchair Politics. We have a new, uh, a new pundit uh, who used to be um, oh, part of the uh, Salem Network. Uh, Gerald Everett Jones, he was on the show just recently talking about uh, a book he'd written. But he's going to join us for the roundtable on Wednesday. So we got some good stuff coming up this week. Stay tuned, and we've got some good stuff today. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is the Tom Sumner Program. My guests this hour are the uh, author and illustrator of a uh, new book uh, for kids, um, a picture book, if you will, from uh, New York Times bestselling author Eva Chen and illustrator Sophie Diao. And it's called I Am Golden. And we're going to talk about kids' books and... Uh, uh, this particular one with uh, with my guests who joined me by phone. Eva, Sophie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you. 
Sorry for that pause there. I had to reach over and get the book because I love the illustrations, oh. Sophie. Thank you so much. And I I read somewhere, I think maybe in, in a press release or something, that, Eva, you don't like writing about yourself? It is very awkward to write and talk <laughs> about yourself, don't you think? I think so. And yet you you and Sophie both did in this book with um, a note from the author and a note from the illustrator. Um, mm. and, and I want to talk about those two things, but let's talk about the, the book first, I Am Golden. What age is this book targeted toward? Oh, I think it could be a pretty wide range. Um, in theory, it is for five to seven-year-olds, but I do think that you could read this to a younger child, and you could also be an older child um, who might find comfort from the words. I think that's one of the things about um, that's, uh, the illustrations, the beautiful illustrations that Sophie created, is that they are really elegant and um, aren't like you know just geared towards a really really young reader. I think you could even be an adult and appreciate the imagery and the message behind the book. And and the message behind the book is is one of a, a very positive uh, affirmation. Um, and and I'm fascinated by that. I also might suggest that this would be a great book for uh, maybe a slightly older child to read to a younger child. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think my daughter is uh, seven, going on 17, but she has just <laughs> started reading, and it's so wonderful to hear her read books to um, her younger brother, who's five years old. And um, I definitely think you could be a teenager and read this book to a younger child as well, or to yourself. Um, frankly, you know, when you go to bookstores, there isn't a lot of representation when you're looking at the Asian American community. And I really hope that this changes, not just with our book, but with so many others after us, I hope, um, come. And to me, um, just getting that message out there, no matter what age, um, of self-love, self-joy, self-celebration um, is something that's so important to Sophie and myself. You know, this is an awkward question for me to ask, Eva, but the title of the book, I Am Golden, is that intended to talk about skin tone? Yeah, actually in the book there's a line that says, we see skin brushed with gold. Um, and I think that I was trying to take something that um, like uh, happened to me as a as a child, uh, a bullying incident, um, and turn it into something positive. So I remember being eight years old, um, and I was bullied by this one student at school um, who, you know, pulled his eyes up at me, which is like, you know, an anti-Asian kind of like gesture. And then he also, uh, then same kid in an art class said like, oh, you know, I'm going to draw you and I'm going to, I'm going to make you yellow because that's what color you are. You're like yellow and like, you know, said all these horrible things, truly, which I don't think the teachers knew about. Um, and I kind of felt too embarrassed even to kind of mention it to my parents. And so, like, thinking about how to make that into a positive, and when you look at the cover of the book, it is, I, I hope, um, but I think Sophie did such a beautiful job making it feel celebratory and happy and joyful. And you see this little girl t tilting her head up to the sun, almost as though she's basking in this, like, golden glow and the word gold, you know, it glows. There's a radiance to it. Um, there's a richness to it, and um, it, there's strength to it. You know, gold is a strong metal. And so um, it was definitely meant, Tom, to be a reference to uh, 
you know, the color gold and just um, embracing who you are and your skin color um, and seeing the beauty within it. Well, I had to ask because as I was looking through the book and, and with the message that's in the book, I I didn't get the impression that you absolutely had to be Asian to appreciate the message, the art, it's and and even the title I am golden I you know that's that's an expression I've heard used often for you know being in the zone you know everything being okay I am golden it's all good and mm-hmm. and and so as I as I read the title I thought wait a minute is this you know is this about being of color is this about that or is it something else because i really thought the message was one that could be appreciated by young children of any ethnic background absolutely tom um you know i think the experience of being bullied or feeling different or struggling with your identity or kind of feeling left out or left behind, I don't think that's limited to one, you know, kind of culture or race or identity. I think that's a universal experience for all humans. You know, you could you could be five and feel that way. You could be 50 and feel that way. And so for me, um, and I know for Sophie when we were illustrating, this is a universal book. It's Yes, it's based on both of our personal experiences as Chinese-American women, um, but it also is something that I think that is just genuinely a global feeling and experience. So if you know any child who is kind of wondering whether it could be because they wear glasses, it could be because they're differently abled, it could be because, you know, they're the only one at school with red hair, or whatever it is, you know, understanding that, like, you're different. I remember, ki- I, I, I remember kids being picked on for having freckles. Oh, yeah, freckles, like anything. I I mean, and that's the thing with children, right? Like, it's like anything that's kind of different. It could be the lunch you're eating. It could be the snack you're eating. You could be carrying the wrong backpack, for Pete's sake. It's like kids are so quick to realize and point out differences. And so this book, I want to flip the script. I wanted to flip the script and, you know, switch the narrative to be like, you know what, being different, it's something you should celebrate. Exactly. I I was just going to get to that. And now for me personally, it was always because I was short. Mm. And, yeah. Well, I'm, I, I was, I'm still short. I'm just not as short as I used to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I, I was very, very uh, tiny growing up. I was a very late bloomer. I was super, uh, you know, I'll just put it that way. I was very, very late bloomer. And I remember being one of the kind of shortest people in my high school. Even when we graduated, I remember we walked in in height order, and I was third from the front and then like literally my freshman year of college I grew like five inches it was extremely awkward and gangly but you know um we all have moments where we've been like teased or put down for something and learning how to be resilient and learning how to kind of like turn it around and own it I think it's one of the greatest lessons a child and any human can learn more with New York Times best-selling author Eva Chen and illustrator Sophie Diao straight ahead Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> 
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places. So be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Biden from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all. It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. Our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community.
This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. More with New York Times bestselling author Eva Chen and illustrator Sophie Diao. Straight ahead. Are the other books that you've um, written, and and really this is a question for Eva too, because I know she's done uh, um, editing and writing for Elle and Teen Vogue and... Um, a number of other uh, outlets. Or, no, no, I'm sorry, that was Eva. Um, I, I meant to talk yeah. about Pixar and Cartoon Network and the uh, Ad Council um, for Sophie. The um, was was this book a, a kind of one-off on that um, that that concept of of positive affirmation for young Asian children, or uh, is a lot of the work that you do um, focused on um, positive messages about Asians and being Asian? Um, You can go first, Eva. Yeah, so I would say this book is the first kind of book that I've written that's solely focused on that. Um, I think the other children's books I've written have kind of definitely been imbued and kind of hopefully transmit the message that, like, um, it's best to be yourself and uh, you are your own kind of, like, superstar and kind of, like, hopefully they instill confidence. But I would say this one's the most kind of, um, like, it's just, like, the message is right there in the title and it's all about, like, in particular through the lens of being Asian American. Um, and I, I, I think that it's also something that I try to preach and kind of practice every day in my day-to-day life, you know, kind of talking about who I am and feeling, you know, confident in sharing my experience. Um, I mean, Sophie, what do you think? How, how do you feel about that? Well, um, I think that, like, this is definitely a very special book because it's extremely um, direct, right? Like, it's it's extremely um, about the experience of being Chinese-American and about being a daughter or child of immigrants. Um, and so it's, it's kind of refreshing in a way to just be able to get down to brass tacks and say this is the experience that we've had and talk about it very directly. But um, I think most of the work that I, I've done uh, outside of this book has been to try to inspire people to um, be themselves or to be stewards of some greater cause. Um, I do a lot of uh, Google Doodles because I work on the, that team that makes yeah. them for the homepage, google.com. So whenever those um, topics come up of famous people in history who've um, achieved something great uh, and maybe they're not really as well-known as um, they should be, so we're highlighting them and, and taking the opportunity to show them off, it is like a fun opportunity for us to, to say, look, there was somebody in history who like was the first Chinese American person in Hollywood in the 30s? That's Anna Mae Wong, or like the first Chinese American to be an animator at Disney? That's Tyrus Wong. And so there's like these these people in history who we can hold up as um, examples of like what we can still achieve today, and to remind people that like there have been people in the past who've broken barriers and achieved great things, and you know tried to like overcome uh, racial prejudice to get to where they were and like we can take examples from them and continue the work today. 
Has the need for a book like this been sort of ramped up by the the increasing wave of of violent behavior toward Asian Americans during the pandemic? Um, yeah, I would say that the need for books like this is more critical than ever. Um, given, as you mentioned, there's been a kind of meteoric rise in crimes against Asian Americans, and in particular, and I think most alarmingly, a lot of them are targeted against um, Asian American elders. And so, like, listen, like, no senior citizen or old person should fear for their safety when out on the street. Um, And it's so, so, so horrifying that a lot of these attacks are geared towards people in their 70s and their 80s and their 90s who are just trying to, like, go about their day. Um, and so I think we need books like this because it starts so young, Tom, like the kind of um, awareness, the empathy, the understanding, the desire to learn about cultures besides your own. Um, and so every message kind of begins as a seed, and we're, this book hopefully is a seed for humanity and for growth and for understanding um, of the Asian American community. And so um I am heartened by how many people have come out and spoken against these crimes against Asian Americans, um, and hopefully this book can build like the next generation of leaders for tolerance and love and respect for um, you know all cultures and races. Well, and and hopefully stem fear a little. Definitely. I mean, for me, it's like you know I spend a lot of time thinking about like you know with with my children like gosh, is it safe to take the subway with them? Like, will we be targeted because of the way we look? Um, And so I think that this book, if you're able to read it with your children, explain, like, first of all, why a difference isn't a bad thing, but second of all, why you should be proud of who you are and how to stand up and have a voice and, you know, feel strength and take strength um, from who you are. I hope that this book um, can kind of help um, young people kind of grow into that confidence um, and exactly, as you said, stem fear. How do we how do we get young people? Um, you know, kids can be such bullies, and and I I really wrestled with how to how to talk about this this wave of attacks against older Asian Americans during the pandemic, without discounting the kind of bullying that you experienced when you were young. Um, how do we? You know, kids are so unsure of themselves that when they see differences in other kids, they they tend to bully as a way of making themselves feel tougher in some way. And how do we how do we get kids not to do that to bolster their own egos? Yeah, I mean, I would say so much of it is about breaking a cycle, right? There are a lot of yeah. negative cycles, and it, it starts with like one person being made to feel small or belittled, and then out of anger, out of, you know, um, retribution, or trying to make themselves, like, erase the the kind of smallness that they feel, they need to make themselves feel bigger, right? Like, it's it's physics, right? Is it Newton's law, like, everything, like, equal in action? I don't know. I, I... physics is not my strong suit. For every um, action, there's an equal and positive reaction. Oh, thank you. Like, your physics teacher would be proud of you right now. Uh, (laughs) And surprised. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm shocked. I knew something about reactions and pulling and pushing and, like, arrows pointing in different directions. 
But I will say, it's like, as I said, it's like so much of it is a cycle, and it's so important to try to break that cycle. And so, um, you know, thinking about what is the root cause of this, like, negativity, of this hatred, of this, like, insecurity, and then thinking about ways to bolster it. And I'm fully aware that, like, not everyone comes from whether it's a family dynamic, whether it's a school dynamic, whether it's a community dynamic, not everyone has that. And that's so, so challenging. Um, but it's, it's about finding those cheerleaders for children and uh, especially for teens and youth. Um, so it might be a community center. Um, in New York City, there's a, you know, a nonprofit called Apex for Youth. And, you know, every day they fight against the model minority myth that a lot of Asians have because most Asians in New York City actually live below the poverty line, which is very, you know, surprising, I think, for a lot of people to hear. And that organization provides after-school counseling, you know, sports, mentorship, to all in part to try to break that cycle um, and uh, kind of to open up opportunities for others. Well, you know, there there are just so many stereotypes that, you know, have been reinforced over the years uh, you know this the, the notion that um that Asians are good at math and bad drivers um well, you know it's me listen i just like you bested me many times just now uh, over in physics and if you put like a restaurant check in front of me and you ask me to figure out 15 to 18% that we would be there a long time i would oh, have to I was, break out my I was I was terrible with fractions until I went on the road with a band. <laughs> I got really yeah. good at figuring out, at dividing up money and figuring percentages for commissions and all that. You know, it's 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 funny when you have to use those things in real life. It mm-hmm. it Absolutely. starts it starts coming to you. But there there are these these stereotypes, and and I think one of the things that 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 struck me about this book i am golden um even even though it's it's for young children and and it's um it, it sort of has a a uh, oh a a um a self-confidence for young asian children children uh building sort of focus as i looked through the book i thought this is a great way for young children to become a little bit more aware of someone else's culture. Yeah, definitely. And I um, I think when you were talking about how we talk about bullying with young kids and how we address those issues, a lot of it actually stems from, like, kids not necessarily being malicious but just not knowing how to talk to each other or interact in normal like nice ways and so sometimes they default to saying mean things or default to pointing out a difference just because they they don't know how to ask or, or sometimes the right they're question. just they're pointing out the difference because they don't know how to ask to have it explained yeah, exactly. So, and, and I'm not sure that the 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 child that's being asked would know how to explain it. Um, yeah, you know, it it puts them in a funny position because they they don't understand. And the more young kids can can be exposed to ideas that help them understand differences better, um, 
the less likely they are to inadvertently make someone feel bad or awkward. Totally, and I think that first conversation is so important. Um, I see this with my children who, um, like I said, are like seven and five and uh, eight months old, where um, especially with my seven and a five-year-old, they're beginning to notice differences. Uh, So I remember, um, you know, we were walking down the street in New York and there was someone who uh, had a prosthetic limb. Um, And they were asking questions about it, not out of malice, not out of trying to, um, you know, in a mean way, they were just like they did not understand. And so I think there's an important difference here where, you know, the first opportunity you have to teach people about differences in a neutral or positive way, um, you know, it's so important to take that first step. So um, explaining that not everyone um, has the same abilities and people are able, uh, have different uh, abilities, absolutely. And, you know, for me, I I then um, later that night showed them a video you know, of someone with prosthetic limbs running a sprint um, and saying, like, that person is, like, look how bionic and fast and amazing it is um, that, that this person is winning awards and look at the gold medal around her neck. So um, I think taking things as a learning opportunity and presenting it to your child as an opportunity to learn and see the positive um, in people's differences um, is something that's definitely hard. You know, it's hard. It's like everyday teaching, but it's so important to do as parents. Yeah, I, a friend of mine was with his uh, very young child, I think it was a daughter, um, three or four years old at the grocery store, and they were standing in line behind a very large woman whose pager went off. And the little girl looked up at her dad and said, Dad, look out, she's backing up. And I don't know if the woman heard it. And and my friend, it it was just so odd an image that, you know, he 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 told me about it because he was he was slightly amused that that was her impression. I'm not sure how he dealt with it. To be honest with you, how what uh-huh. he said to her, um, you know, I I I hope he explained it, you know, in a mm-hmm. way that she could understand. But my point is. The child was completely innocent. She meant absolutely no harm or disrespect to the woman. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think with the child, you know, and the, and, and the parent, it's like, you know, it depends on their reaction too, right? So if, like, you know, he slaps his knee and is like, ha-ha, you know, that's a good one, that reinforces to the daughter that it's like, okay, like, if someone is, you know, a different size or a different body type from me, it's okay to kind of, like, make these uh, like make comments like that but if you know the the parent that or if the parent says something like oh oh no honey it's like you know she has a phone and that's her phone beeping just like my phone see my phone my phone beeps right, like that all right. the time and, and so i like to and i like to example. think that's what my friend did yeah I've... totally and it's so hard also to know what to do in the moment mm-hmm. like i'm I, it's it's easier for me to say this you know in a recording studio talking to you than like it is to have your like you know um, to remember in, in, in the moment, but, um, you know, it takes practice and just remember that kids are sponges. I, I, I see my kids and see all the things they mimic, all the facial expressions they mimic from me and the way they talk, the way they move, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, they literally are absorbing everything I say and do, and so got to be careful. 
Well, on the on the back of the book, it it says an ode to the immigrant experience and a manifesto for Chinese American joy, and and I think all of that is wonderful, and it's certainly contained in this book. But as I looked at the book, it is it is so well done that I just don't I don't think you have to be Asian to appreciate it. I I think any child could benefit from this book. Thank you. Yes. I mean, we hope so, uh, Tom. We think that this book is a celebration of, um, you know, differences, of self-love, and it's just for any child who wants to understand that they're different and something that make, makes them different. Again, it could be freckles. It could be red hair. It could be the type of backpack they carry, that their difference is something that they should be proud of and revel in and find joy in. Or you could be the new kid all the time, right, Sophie? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, it's it's hard not having the, like, foundation with your peers. So you never know, like, did you say that because I'm new and you're trying to make friends with me in a weird way? Or are you being mean? Or I don't know. There's just this uncertainty. And, um, yeah, I think just having, like, those moments of, like, genuine, kind interactions where people are really trying to ask good questions and understand more about you instead of making assumptions. Like, that's really the all, all I would have wanted when I was moving around, and I think all anyone really wants when they're meeting new people. Well, I, I think this book does a tremendous job of, of building self-confidence and, um, you know... And, and and as I and as I've said multiple times, not just for Asian children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I I, I think it's uh, um, I I just don't want to give the impression that uh, that the book, because of its its message and because of the um, the artwork and. Uh, the the nature of the of the family portrayed in the book that that somehow people might get the impression that this is uh you know just just for little asian children yep and i think that when you think about children's books like throughout time and just like there's so many children's books about animals for instance so if there's a book about like hippos or dinosaurs or unicorns like the amazing thing about children's books is children have this amazing way of transporting themselves into the main character where they can be like a hippo for a day or like, you know, a sad ghost for the day um, or a giant for the day. And so um, I think that's the thing with children's books. You know, children have this ability to suspend um, their, their, their sense of reality and place themselves in the main character. And so um, we absolutely agree that this is a universal book and it's an important one for every kind of child to read. So um, thank you so much for pointing that out. Well, my, my guests are um, author Eva Chen and uh, illustrator Sophie, uh, I'm going to get this right, Diao. I'm so Yay. terrible with names, Sophie. Thank you for teaching me yours. Um I, you know, we're almost out of time, and I, I'm enjoying our conversation very much, and it's an important one. Um, but I always like to give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about the two of you and your work, past, present, and future. 
Um, do you have websites, each of you, that you'd like to share? Um, I mean, I think for, for both of us, you could probably just find us on Instagram. That's the easiest way. Sophie is Sophie Diao, and you can see her amazing uh, illustrations and her very cute dog, whose birthday it is tomorrow. Um, and I am Eva Chen 212 both on Instagram. And if anyone from Campbell or Churchill Elementary Schools in Muskegon, Michigan is listening, um, hi. <laughs> what's, what's the connection there, Sophie? I, w- I lived in Michigan for three years when I was growing up, uh, five, five ages five to eight. I, guess I lived in Muskegon. After I read a little bit about you, I guess I should probably ask where you didn't live. <laughs> <laughs> not lived in a bunch of places, but hopefully uh, I get the chance to visit everywhere. Yeah. Well, I'm, g- I'm glad that you both got a chance to visit with me today. I, I appreciate it very much. Thank you, and, uh, and keep up the good work. Thanks, Tom. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Once again, uh, Eva Chen, the author, and uh, Sophie uh, Diao the illustrator uh, of uh, a new book for kids, uh, now targeted at 5 to 7, called I Am Golden. It is uh, an ode to the immigrant experience and a manifesto for Chinese-American joy and a great book for building self-confidence, not just for young Asian children, but for all young children um, to better understand the world around them. We're going to take a uh, short break, but we've got more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. For a while, so I'll be staying here inside. It's too dangerous out in the world. I'll see you on the other side when I'm in my quarantine. In my little place, too high. My heart is aching and I'm missing you. I'll see you on the other side. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Joe By from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work, and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hug her and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Ranger Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car! Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey! Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, File a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it. You're busy. But you know Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello! I'm Maestro Rickety Magazine. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Lone Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Whiplet Technology. My Community College. It's Pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to Tom at TomSumnerProgram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. 
Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Now, in order for you to understand what I'm going to do next, I have to go way back and speak about my great-grandfather, whom we traced back to Marie Antoinette. As a matter of fact, my great-grandmother traced him back there a couple of times. <laughs> but he was partly responsible for the birth of my grandfather. He thought. <laughs> my grandfather was born in Denmark. He was Danish after his mother and Swedish after a friend of his father's. He was one of the great inventors of his time. He invented the burglar alarm, which unfortunately was stolen from him. (laughs) He was a brilliant man. He was, among other things, a PhD. Just a So was his wife. However, (laughs) besides being a brilliant, (laughs) he also was a great chemist. He was the one who invented the cure for which there was no disease in the world. (laughs) Unfortunately, his wife later caught the cure and died. He was a strange personality. He always experimented with something. Once he, um, he crossed an Idaho potato with a sponge. <laughs> Imagine that silly idea. It tasted horrible. But it sure held a lot of gravy. I think his greatest invention was a soft drink, which he called Four Up. (laughs) But it wasn't successful at all. So he invented Five Up. But still it didn't click, you know. Then came Six Up. But still nobody liked it. So he gave up and died heartbroken a couple of weeks later. But little did he know how close he came. Then I was born, and when that happened, my parents were, well, they were not poor, but they didn't have any money. (laughs) So I was actually born at home. And when my mother saw me, she was taken to the hospital. (laughs) One day, when I was four years old, my father came home, and he found me in the living room in front of a roaring fire, which made him very angry. 
because we didn't have a fireplace. <laughs> there I sat, here my father stood, burning up. He pointed at me, see, my father was left-handed. He always pointed this way. I was sitting on the other side. So my father said, Borger. He didn't know my first name. See, in my father's family, we had a little trouble up here. In the head. My father was all right, but his two brothers, my male uncles. No, in Denmark, we always distinguish, you know. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the fact that we have three sexes over there. <laughs> Male, female, and convertible. Matter of fact, I was supposed to have been back to Denmark this summer. But I ain't going. <laughs> oh, once I made up my mind what I was going to be, and that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> what I meant to tell you before was, and this is not a joke, this is really a fact, that Two weeks ago, we celebrated my uncle's 103rd birthday. Isn't that something? Thank you very much. 103rd birthday. Unfortunately, he wasn't present. Could he be? He died when he was 29. <laughs> but what I meant to say was that he was the one who went crazy. And his mother used to say that he went crazy because he never got the woman he loved. And that's a lot of nonsense because his brother went just as crazy. <laughs> and he got her. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. has something its Rotary Club can boast of. Some product that the state produces the most of. Rhode Island is little but oh my, it has a product anyone would buy. Beaches come from Georgia And lobsters come from Maine The wheat fields are the sweet fields of Nebraska 
gets bonanzas from the grain. Old whiskey comes from old Kentucky. Ain't the country lucky? New Jersey gives us glue. Yeah. 
Pilots, get off of my lawn. We're trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here. <laughs>